Hello, and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you're tuning in, and we hope that you will be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. Well, welcome to Pentecost Sunday. I'm so glad to have you guys in the building. It is a pleasure to be here with you. Those of you who are watching us online, God bless you. I bid you greetings. Those of you who are here, God bless you as well. I am excited about today. I am excited about today. And I believe there's a word of the Lord for you. We're going to pray right after. And I believe that God is going to do us well in this moment. John chapter 16, verse 7. John chapter 16, excuse me, verse 7. I only got one verse for you. John chapter 16, verse 7. John 16, verse 7, these are the words of Jesus. And Jesus says in John chapter 16, verse 7, and it records, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. I want to highlight this this phrase it is to your advantage that I go away for if I do not go away the helper will not come to you but if I depart I will send him to you those are the words of Jesus I want to talk to you this morning on this Pentecost Sunday the blessing of Pentecost the blessing of Pentecost the blessing of Pentecost Thank you, Jesus, for this moment. For those of you who are not aware of what today is, today is Pentecost Sunday. Ladies and gentlemen, this annual festival that was uh, instituted in the Jewish culture, ladies and gentlemen, uh, was celebrated 50 days after Passover. So 50 days after Passover, we would celebrate what it is known as Pentecost. Pentecost, ladies and gentlemen, is also known as the Festival of Weeks or the Feast of Weeks. What that simply means is that Israelite farmers would start their journeys toward Jerusalem to present their first fruit offerings to the Lord. They would present their first fruit offerings to the Lord. They would present their wheat and those that was gathered uh, for that time, and they would present it back unto God. This particular day, ladies and gentlemen, 50 days after Passover marks the moment the, uh, marks the moment when uh, the children of Israel was brought out of captivity to Egypt. They, and the first Passover was in Egypt, but this particular Pentecost, the first ever Pentecost, is when they celebrated when God gave the Ten Commandments. He gave the Ten Commandments 50 days after bringing them out of captivity. And so after the death angel had passed over, 
them. They celebrated the fact that on this day they were made a nation. You can't be a nation if it does not have any laws or decrees in which a nation is governed by. And so on this particular day, ladies and gentlemen, the nation of Israel became an official nation with rules and decrees, and its king was God. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we see in Deuteronomy chapter 16 where this is initiated in Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 9. And it says, you shall count seven weeks for yourself. Begin to count the seven weeks from the time you begin to put the sickle to the grain. And then verse 10 says, then you shall keep the feast of weeks, which in the Jewish language is the Shavuot or the or the uh, or Pentecost, as we say, to the Lord your God with the tribute of a free will offering from your hand, which you shall give as the Lord your God blesses you. And so as the Lord God has blessed them, this is something that the farmers would celebrate because it would show what they can do with what God has given them. And they would present it back unto God. All right. But why is Pentecost so significant for us now? We do not no longer live under that old dispensation. We do not live under what it means by that, that particular era. Uh, we live under a new covenant, which Jesus has now established because of his death, burial, and resurrection. So we do not live as the Old Testament saints did back then. We are under a new covenant, say it's the covenant of grace. The covenant of grace. It is great. It is the grace of God given to us, ladies and gentlemen, which we are not having to go into Jerusalem for these festivals. However, it is something that we do recognize because this particular Pentecost, ladies and gentlemen, in Acts chapter two, ushered in a new era. It ushered in a new dispensation that God, uh, uh, that God, that God through His Son fulfilled all that was necessary and required. Uh, oh my God, with the the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and now His ascension. And so a lot of times we celebrate his resurrection, but we forget that if he did not ascend, the Holy Spirit would not have descended. And because of where Jesus is now set, that God has elevated him to such a place that now his spirit could now be poured out on all flesh. Say, I hear you. And so the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, is that Pentecost is significant to us because of what it represents. It represents that no longer are we, no longer is God dwelling in, uh, in selective individuals. But now God is saying that I'm going to reveal my plan of redemption in the lives of mere men and women just like you and I. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, this is a great and marvelous thing. You may not see it as that, but the Old Testament saints would be jealous of where we are because they, ladies and gentlemen, did, were not uh, fortunate to have the Spirit of God, the third person in the Godhead, the Trinity, to reside within them. Now, back then in the day, in the Old Testament, they, uh, the Holy Spirit would come on a select of individuals, whether kings, prophets, priests, uh, for a specific time, and he could be taken away from you. And so you should thank God because under his grace, he can't be stricken from you. He just resides there. Yeah. Yeah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
Now, you have to receive some of this by faith because you may be saying, this is weird. This sounds strange. But what sounds strange to you and I is not strange to God. Because the reality of the matter is, is that if we kept going under this old dispensation, you would never know that righteous living and holy living was attainable. And so the reality is that it now becomes attainable because the spirit of God is now come to want to reside in you and I. Say, that's me. That's me. Point to yourself. Say, that's me. So you have to understand that this Pentecost Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, in Acts chapter 2, over 2,000 years ago, it marked a shift. Every time you see Pentecost, it marked a shift that was happening in that time, that God was shifting things from what was to what now is. Yeah. To what now is, ladies and gentlemen, he was shifting things, whereas though that on the first ever Pentecost in the Old Testament, a nation was born. But on this Pentecost in the New Testament, the church was born. That the church was born and it was given power. Say, he gave me power. He gave me power. The reason why I'm telling you to say that over yourself is not so I can hear you, but so you can confirm in yourself that the Holy Spirit wants to live in me. That it's not in just my pastor, but it also is in me. That, uh, that the Holy Spirit is not in selective folk who think that they're all good and their stuff don't stink. No, the Holy Spirit says that if any man calls out on him, hallelujah, he will make his home with them. And no matter if I'm ratchet, God going to deal with my ratchetness through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I may not be perfect. I may not be great, but here's the thing about grace. God is not looking for somebody who got it all together. He's just looking for somebody who say, I know I don't got it together, and I just want to dwell in somebody so I can show the world and their friends and their family that there is a God. Hallelujah. Ah, that there is a God. Acts chapter 2 verse 33 tells us that therefore being exalted to the right hand of God, having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out which you now see and hear. Peter said that because Jesus is now elevated, that because he is exalted, now he has poured out himself, poured out his spirit with all of us. And see this is unique because the Peter and the disciples in them they were getting sad because Jesus told them in our very first verse that I read to you that he was going away he said not in a little while I will be gone I will no longer be with you but here's the thing he said listen you need to praise God that I'm going away from you because if Jesus was still here you wouldn't need faith because you would see him recognized do you not understand that the gift in the ministry of the Holy Spirit is for this lifetime? Do you not understand that the reason why God, Jesus went through his way to die and all of that is because he knows that you and I have to go through this experience called life. And so the gift of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit is for this lifetime. Are you get what I'm saying? Listen, the thing that is going to remain is in eternity, ladies and gentlemen, I need faith for now. I don't need it faith for when I'm in eternity. Why? Because I'm already seeing what was realized. That's why Jesus told Thomas, he said, blessed are those who have not seen but yet believe. It's greater that I believe him. Hallelujah. And my faith says that Jesus is real based upon the evidence of which I saw. 
He said, it's either easy for you to believe, Thomas, because I've appeared in front of you. But blessed are those who have not seen, but yet believed. And what Jesus was showing them, that this God is showing us that, listen, it could be easy, but no, here is faith. You have to believe. The just shall live by faith. It don't say that the just shall live by what they see. The evidence is all around you if your eyes are open. See, the reality is a lot of our eyes are not open to see the reality of God and his work in, in, in his role in the universe. That he is the master of all of creation. And that there, ladies and gentlemen, is nothing that can try to write him out of the universe. Because, ladies and gentlemen, God already was. He was not created. He already existed. And part of what the Jewish uh, rabbis would believe and what they would see is that God said that, listen, my glory just cannot be contained to eternity, but I want to share my glory. And that's why I created the universe. Hallelujah. Because God wanted his glory not to just be displayed behind the scene, but he was creating the universe to show off his magnificence. To point people to a God. Science, ladies and gentlemen, ought to be the proof that there is a God. Science is only there to show you the study of how a God could create what he does. Hallelujah. It does not disprove of God. All the other evidences and everything like that, they are still trying to disprove God. But everywhere you look, God is in the midst of it. How did it, how could gas and all the natural elements, it just can't exist apart from it. It needed, it had to be created for it to get this. <laughs> I know they taught you in science school that there's evolution. And I know they taught you that there was a big bang theory. But let me give you a suggestion for a second. Even if it was a big bang theory, don't you not think that God could cause all of that and organize it the way that it needed to be? <laughs> Let's go with your little science for a second. How as how can there not be someone as intelligent who is transcending to make sure that everything rotates on the proper axis to make sure that our, our bodies are staying down? There is God uses that to show us how real he is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so, ladies and gentlemen, he is seated there to show that no one is above who he is. It proves the fact that Jesus is the Messiah and that he was sent by God. And so, we have it here where the blessing of Pentecost is the fact that is a fulfillment of a promise. Joel, it was a fulfillment of an Old Testament prophecy that was given to Joel, prophet Joel. He was a minor prophet, but he had a major message. It said, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on what? All flesh. Come on, let me hear you like you know something. And it shall come to pass that afterward that I will pour out my spirit on what? On what? Who is he talking about? <laughs> is he talking about selective individuals? No, who he say he going to pour it out on? And then this is what it says. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see 
visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. What days is he speaking of? Today. This is that. This is right now. He said, I'm pouring out my spirit on all flesh. Not only is it, ladies and gentlemen, a fulfillment of a prophet of an Old Testament prophecy, and there's many more, but it's also a fulfillment of what John said, John the Baptist in Matthew chapter three, verse 11. And it says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I. John the Baptist is referring to Jesus. And he said, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He said, I'm not worthy to carry this man's shoes who's coming, who I'm I baptized by uh, by water. But there's a one that's coming to, to, to uh, come in that's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Look, at he's going to baptize me with the Holy Spirit and fire. That means that when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going back. When Jesus comes and he, go, and he gets elevated and exalted, after in which he accomplished the plan of God, Vernon, what John said is that he's going to come and baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And see, the fire is necessary in order, oh God, to, to awaken and to empower our spirits. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not only is it that, ladies and gentlemen, but Acts chapter 1 verse 5 tells you, and this is what Jesus said to them. He says, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus promised them that the Holy Spirit would come. He promised them that, listen, don't you be afraid because I'm sending you another advocate. I'm sending you another person to come alongside that right now because I'm in physical form I stand beside you but when the Holy Ghost come he's going to stand in you he's going to reside in you and he said and he's going to teach you all things let me tell you something there is a supernatural wisdom that God can give to you when you don't have clarity you begin to pray on the Holy Spirit pray to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will give you clarity where you are trying to find the direction the Bible says that Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. He said, I'm going to give you a truth teller, even to tell the truth about your own self. That's going to convict you of your sin, and that's going to move you into righteousness. Not only am I giving you a truth teller, but I'm giving you a comforter, somebody who can give, wrap their loving arms around you when you feel lonely, when you feel helpless, when you feel depressed. I'm going to give you the comforter, and he's going to dwell in you. Say, I hear you. He said, I'm going to give you, hallelujah, another comforter. I am, listen, I may not be with you, but this is to your advantage because now I can be with everyone at the same time because wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. <laughs> And so, ladies and gentlemen, is a fulfillment of what Jesus said. And this is very important because if God can keep a promise from the Old Testament, if God can keep a promise of John the Baptist who was a forerunner before Jesus, this lets me know that all the promise that God has made concerning your life will come to pass. And guess what? You may have made it like Joel did in the Old Testament, not knowing when the day will be. But guess what? There is going to come a day 
where you will see that everything God promised over your life and not only over your life but your children's life and your children's children will come to pass God's promises will continually be made love oh my God to come to pass even when I'm dead and in the grave And Jesus, hallelujah, sending the Holy Spirit was a sign that God vindicated him. It was a sign that God confirmed that this was my son and that everything that proceeded out of his mouth was true. And see, ladies and gentlemen, hallelujah, a heart, oh my God, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. Oh my God, but a dream fulfilled. Hallelujah, my God, it's a joy. I hope I need to talk to somebody. You may feel like your hope is being deferred. But Pentecost reminds you that there is joy and gladness in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, we are presented here that the blessing of Pentecost is not only the fulfillment of a promise, but number two, it is the every believer has the right to receive the outborn and indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Say, it's my right. It's my right. Here we go. Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. He says, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Hallelujah. Say, I'm a believer, and the Holy Spirit is my down payment. The Holy Spirit is my guarantee. That I'm a child of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everybody say, well, we all God's children. I got news flash. No, you don't. No, we're not. Because only those who, oh my God, there's a difference between being God's children and his creation. Only those who got the seal of the Holy Ghost in them are his children. Because if that was the case, if we were all God's kids, then evil would not be present. I know. I know. I know that sound good. No, there's a difference between creation and his children. Because those who are his, hallelujah, he also chastises. Hallelujah. And that chastisement is to root out evil and those godless thoughts that we have on the inside of us. Your salvation can't be taken from you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hallelujah, I am eternally secure. I don't got to keep coming down to get rededicated or saved again. Once saved, always saved if you were genuinely a believer. Because I have the Holy Spirit as a guarantee. He's the guarantee of my salvation. He's the guarantee of the future hope that I have in seeing Jesus. He is the guarantee of knowing that I, listen and gentlemen, not only am I secured in heaven, but I'm secure here on this earth. Hallelujah, that he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me what's on his mind. I have that guarantee. He said, I've given to you 
as a guarantee of your inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. He's saying he's your guarantee. Ladies and gentlemen, you and I can experience the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That the baptism of the Holy Spirit, let me give you a little education lesson, is a one-time event. That means that upon you calling on the name of the Lord Jesus for you to be saved, the Holy Spirit then baptizes you into the family of God. But then on the other side of it, we call it the filling of the Holy Spirit. Where uh, it's not that complicated that if you call out onto the Holy Holy Spirit to refill your spirit to refill you he will come in and make his home ladies and gentlemen it ain't complicated hallelujah and not only and you don't necessarily have to speak in tongues for it it's just that you just ask God to come on and fill me right where I am Lord I'm on E right now and I need a filling of your presence Lord right now I'm going through this particular situation in my life and I need your filling to fill me up Lord God I'm going to grief right now and I need your spirit to fill me right here Lord God I got a major decision I gotta make and I need you to fill me right here God I'm having issues with my family but God I need you to fill me right here God I need to move in your presence and I'm trying to overcome this sin and this temptation I need you to fill me right here it is as simple as calling out to the Lord and by faith knowing that she's going to refill you with the Holy Ghost. Say don't complicate Christianity. Don't complicate Christianity. It ain't that complicated. Man complicates it with his own rules. Man complicates it with their religiosity. Ah, this ain't no religion. This is, ladies and gentlemen, a relationship with your creator. It is your relationship with the almighty God. And you can't have relationship with the Lord apart from his spirit. Are you hearing what I say? Ladies and gentlemen, the blessing of Pentecost is that any time we can be filled with this supernatural power that is above ours. When the spirit, when the, oh my God, when Paul says that his grace, when Jesus told Paul that his grace is sufficient for him, is be speaking of that the power and the empowerment of the spirit of grace, ladies and gentlemen, is more than enough to get you through any hell that you're going through in your life. That the spirit of grace is stronger than any, oh my God, demon that will try to come up against you. That the spirit of grace is stronger than anything that will try to attack you. Why? Because his grace is sufficient enough for you. I may got a thorn that has been, oh my God, that's trying to buffet me, but his grace is perfected in my weakness that though I may be weak, the Holy Ghost is strong in me. Can I give you a real life example? Let me give you a real life. You may not hear like all right, Pastor B, you hollering. Let me show you something. In 2017 and 18, our family were going through death back to back to back, burying people left and right. Ladies and gentlemen, hallelujah. And the church was going through ups and downs. And I was like, God, what in the world am I going to do? I feel weak. Oh, I feel mentally drained. I feel my I feel depression trying to get 
a hold of me. Hallelujah. And then not only that, but then my grandfather, who was a patriarch of our family, then, oh my God, after God brought him through in 17, then he finally took him home in 18. And that almost was like, oh my God, like the devil saying that I, this is my last punch on you. And it almost took the wind out of us and our family after already burying one of our cousins, after already burying one of our uncles and aunts. And now this, I was like, God, what is up with this? Why are we going through this? Why am I feeling like depression is hitting me like this? And then I was reminded of the words of Jesus that I've given you a comforter who is going to comfort you. I'm going to give you, oh my God, the grace that is sufficient that though you may feel weak, let me stand up strong in you. Though you may feel tired, though you may feel restless, come all ye that are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Look at somebody say, God going to give you rest. Look at him and look at him and dead in the eyes say, God is going to give you rest. So I'm not preaching something to you because it sounds good to your ear. I ain't preaching something to you that I ain't living for myself. You got to obtain this by faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God is real. His presence is real. And he wants you to experience this for yourself. I can preach until I'm rid in the face, but it's not until you come to your own cell that you can testify like Pastor B and say, God is real. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Ladies and gentlemen, the blessing of Pentecost is, guess what? You and I can now be strengthened to live in this life. Hallelujah. We can be empowered like never before. Let me give you this. Let me give you this. Lastly, the blessing of Pentecost. I'm coming to a close. John 10 verse 10, it says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But here's what he said. I've come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Can I help you for a second? When you give your life to Christ, the spirit, let me, let me backtrack for a second. The blessing of Pentecost is this, lastly, is that now we can live a supernatural, now we can live supernatural lives through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Can I show you something really quickly? He said, the deep come to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, I came that you may have life. This word life, ladies and gentlemen, means zoe in the Greek. What does that mean? I don't know what the Greek is, cuz. What does that mean? It means this. I ain't going to tell you something fancy and then I'll tell you what it is. I want us all to be smart in the room. (laughs) Zoe, ladies and gentlemen, means the God quality of life. You know the God quality of life is without dysfunction? The God quality of life is without dysfunction. It is actually the normal. The supernatural is the normal for the Christian life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Can I back you up? Jesus said, this peace that I have is not of the world. 
Where does this peace come from? It comes from God. Where does God exist? Is that in our realm? That makes it supernatural, right? So his peace is supernatural. And he's saying that I'm giving you this peace that surpasses what? All under. Why? Because it's a supernatural peace. He said this joy that this joy is not of this world. Why? Because there is a joy that is of God's that is supernatural for a believer. And the joy of the Lord is so supernatural that the psalmist said that the joy of the Lord is my strength. How? Because it exists not from this world. Can I help you understand something? The love of God is supernatural. It is apart from this world. That's why when Corinthians explains what love is, that love is patient, love is kind, all of these attributes is long-suffering. Those are all attributes of how God's love is. It's explaining the love of God that is apart from this world. Because the love of this world is all based on lust and what one sees. It's based upon one's cravings. And love is, the love of this world is fickle. I can love you, say I love you in one moment, and don't love you the next. See, that's not real love. Hallelujah. Can I help you understand something further? That all of the world system is, ladies and gentlemen, a counterfeit to try to counterfeit what God's real, uh, 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 the real experience uh, of God that would happen in one's life. Ask me how I know this. Because Satan, who's the counterfeit, is, oh my God, who tries to counterfeit everything because he know what that once was. So, because I know what it once was, I'm going to make you feel as though I'm going to try to convince you and blind you to what I really know what heaven is like and what God's intentions is for his creation. Because I was a creation of his. And so the enemy blinds you and tries to tell you God don't love you because he knows he loves you. And he knows the extent of his love. The enemy tries to fill you with lies that you got to have it all together before you come to Christ, and he knows you don't. The enemy will convince you of things that is not that, 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 to try to rob you of what this real experience is. That's what Jesus said. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He don't like you. He don't like you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Why am I telling you this? Because more than me, more than the gifts of the Holy Spirit that comes and prophesying, speaking in tongues, the laying of the hands, and all of the things in which we believe here at TCF, right? The more important thing is I want you to understand that God is more concerned of the Holy Spirit coming on the inside of you so that it can produce the fruits of righteousness if you have never prophesied a day in your life. And all of those things are just as important, but more importantly is to make sure that your life is looking like you a true believer. And not only looking the part, but actually being it. He ain't concerned about you looking the part. That's why you can just stay in the world. They worried about looking the part. No, you go, you, it's time for us to be the part. 
God wants you to become, say, I must become. How do you become? Through the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He said the Stadif comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that you can have the God quality of life. The God quality of life, ladies and gentlemen, is just not, oh, we about to have the money and be all in the videos like we like the party. Nah, even though I like that song, but still Queen Rihanna. All right, so for all of you Beyonce fans over there. I'm not going to look over there. It's still Queen Riri over here. <laughs> I don't know what you think this is, even though I like that song. But I'm still, uh, hey, Nana, what's my name? I'm still, I'm still there. Let's bring it back in. Throw my shade real quick. I have the mic. I can say whatever I want. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's more concern. The God quality of life are things that you can't see. It is the intangibles of which we look down upon. How many of y'all know it ain't nothing like a peace of mind? I will take a peace of mind any day over any finances. Now, let me explain something. Finances does help to kind of ease some peace. And the church said... <laughs> this ain't. But it's bigger than money. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Solomon in Ecclesiastes, you want to know what the book of Ecclesiastes is about? I'm coming to a close. Solomon shows you how a person, and this is why the book is in the Bible still, how a person can accomplish all of it. Have all the women in the world, because he did. Had all the riches in the world, and he did. Solomon was the richest man to ever live in that, in, 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 in that day. Richest man. Still probably one of the richest men that ever probably lived on this earth. That's how blessed Solomon was. He had all of it what it is. And then in Ecclesiastes, he tells you, all of it is all vanity. Why does he say all of this is all vanity? He, vanity, ladies and gentlemen, in the Hebrew, it means vapor. He's saying that, ladies and gentlemen, just as James said, that your life is about a vapor, almost like a breath. You, 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 you take it and it's gone. He's saying that, guess what? Life that is not rooted and dependent on God, a life, of, that, 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 a life that is a part of faith is all vanity. Because guess what? There are things that the tangible cannot do for you. You can have it all. And that's what Solomon did. And you ain't going to convince Solomon he had it all. There's nothing that he didn't have. In today's time, he had every Maybach, Lamborghini, a any. What's your favorite car? He had all the ATV. He had all of them joints. He had it all. You feel what I'm saying? He had all the money. Queen Sheba came down there to see about Solomon and all that stuff, and she gave him more. She had to give to this man because he was wise. And the wisest man at that time will let you know that all of it does not mean nothing apart from God. That's why he tells you that in your youth, do not forget your creator. 
Why does he tell you this? Because a life without God is meaningless. You can obtain it, everything, and sit at the highest heights of the world. But your soul be restless. Hallelujah. Your soul be empty. And this is what God is saying to us. It don't matter what, how much money or what place or field you are at in your life. What all of us have in common that no tax bracket can take away is that we all need God. And you can go out there. Try it. And I guarantee you that a life that is not rooted in the will of God, it will be meaningly empty. You have the girls and you won't feel fulfilled. You'll have the money and you'll still feel as though I got to get more. The more greedy you get because your soul is missing. God said you can go after those things, but don't do it apart from me. And this is the blessing of Pentecost, that you and I don't have to no longer do things apart from God. <laughs> because God said that in this New Testament dispensation, in the birth of this church age, he said, I want to do things in the hearts of people. And guess what? God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Yeah, it don't make sense why the almighty God will want to reside in a person like Brastor Brandon. It don't make sense why he want to reside in a person like Lady O or even your own self and for those of you who are watching online and what don't make sense to man makes proper sense to God why is that because so that other people around you in your family circle in your friend circle so that they can come and experience the greatest miracle that one can experience the greatest miracle while healing is a great miracle while all of those things where people coming out of wheelchairs and sickness and all of those things are the greatest are great miracles but the greatest miracle of them all is how God can save someone like you and I salvation is the greatest miracle of a believer and when you know who you are and where you came from and when you know where God came and found you then you can say that I am who I am like Paul said by the grace of God that was given to me that's why you you can say, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. That's when you can say it is of the Lord's mercies that I have not been consumed because his compassion fell not. It's when you can say that the love of God covers a multitude of sin. I was sinking deep in sin. Oh, my God, pastor, so see but God, but the master of the sea heard my baby. It was love that lifted me. It was the love of God that saved me. And that's when the old folks used to say, if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, where would I be? Come on, stand to your feet and praise him. I said praise him for the gift. Praise him for the Holy Ghost. Praise him that he makes room for you. I glory. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank you for the gift of the Holy Ghost, Lord. I thank you for the gift of your spirit, God. I thank you for the gift of the Holy Ghost that's living and dwelling in me, that's empowering me. I thank you. I thank you that you are so not only oh God that you are mindful of us. I thank you that you are mindful. Hallelujah. Take this time to pray for those that are around you. Get into a circle with those that you came with. Pray with them. Pray that God would fill them with the Spirit of God. Pray that God would fill them in the name of the Lord Jesus. We thank you right now, God. We thank you right now, God. We give your name praise, oh Lord, for you're filling us again. You're filling us again, oh Lord. You're filling us again. You're filling us again. You're filling us again. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Don't be afraid to call out unto God. Call unto the Lord and he will answer. Call unto the Lord and he will answer. If you need God to fill you with the Holy Ghost, he'll fill you right now. He'll fill you right now. Hallelujah. 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 God, fill every heart. Fill every heart until you overflow. Until you overflow in their spirit. Till you overflow in their lives. Till you overflow. In the name of Jesus, may their cup runneth over. May their cup runneth over. In the name of the Lord Jesus, may it run over. May it run over in love. May it run over in peace. May it run over, oh Lord. Run over, oh God, in us. In the name of the Lord Jesus, if we are feeling away from you, God, we draw close to you. We draw close to you. Our hearts draw close to you. Our hearts draw close to you. We draw close to you, oh Lord. Lord, you're going to meet every need. You're going to meet every need. Touch every person that's watching online. May you fill them with the Holy Ghost. Fill every heart. Fill every heart. Fill every heart with your peace. Fill every heart. Every weary heart. Every weary heart. Fill them up, Lord Jesus. Every weary heart. Fill them up, Lord Jesus. The spirit of fatigue, God. You're, you're touching that, God. In the name of Jesus. Those who are seeking clarity, God. You're giving direction. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen, if you're not saved, the first thing is you can't receive the Holy Ghost apart from Jesus. I offer you right now, the whole, I offer you right now, Jesus. It is the best thing you'll ever do in your life. I'm not saying that everything will be perfect, but I am telling you this. You don't have to live life alone no more. <laughs> you don't have to be apart from God. Hallelujah. 
I offer you the Savior. He died, he was buried, and he rose again, and he ascended to the right hand of the Father just for you and I. And I ask you right now, in the name of Jesus, I plead with you to not leave off this, this live, don't leave out of this room without making Jesus the Lord over your life. I plead with you. Make Jesus the Lord over your life. You don't got to jump through hoops for him. All you got to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you're saved. Hallelujah. If you want to rededicate your life back to Christ, you can do that as well. It's available for you. You, not, you ain't too far gone for Jesus to come and get you. Hallelujah. I don't care what you did. Hallelujah. Jesus is with open arms. Hallelujah. With open arms. With open arms, I decree that he will touch you. If you want to make TCF your home, I would love to be your pastor. But I'm more concerned with you being connected with Jesus. And so, if you're not saved, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. The prayer doesn't make you saved. It's, what you, it's your true heart's posture. If your heart believes it and you confess with your mouth, say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a savior. I acknowledge that you died on the cross, that you were buried and that you rose again. Hallelujah. And that you ascended to the right hand of the Father and now you've made your spirit available to all that call on you. I'm tired of rolling by myself. And I ask you right now, Lord, to fill me and to be the Lord over my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer for the very first time, don't you leave out of here without connecting to one of our pastors. Pastors, lift your hand and let them know who you are. And we'll show you the way of salvation. Those of you who are online, don't you, don't you get off here and not text that number. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Hallelujah. Your name is called. Hallelujah, Jesus. Emmanuel. Hallelujah. God with us. God with us. Revealed. Revealed in us. Your name. Your name is God, Emmanuel. Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you subscribe so that you can continue to be empowered by the latest podcast. For more information on Transformation Christian Fellowship, visit our website at transformationchristianfellowship.org or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to 77977. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.